Health, history, the facts, the truth. This is Linda Smith looking at the tentacles of racial and ethnic health disparities. The question, how did we get here? Looking for the answer of how do we get out? This is Linda Smith and welcome back health partners. Let's continue this journey we're on. The tentacles of racial and ethnic health disparities how did we get here? How do we get out? Let me first apologize for my higher than normal level of energy last session as I shared my experiences along the path our ancestors walked and was carried in the lowest, darkest, under the most horrendous conditions during the transatlantic slave trade when I traveled to Ghana. The recall dreaded up deep-rooted feelings of unease and hurt, which turns into stress and anger, and brings us to our health session today, looking at the higher rates of hypertension in African Americans and other communities of people of color compared with other groups of people. We also want to explore more closely this health concern as the disproportionate rate of hypertension. Why is there this prevalence? We need to do more research and we need to do more reading as it relates to this because our mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers are leaving us because of hypertension. Please check out the 2018 study found in the Journal of American Heart Association, researchers found that, and I quote of its participants, so keep that in mind, it's the participants, 75.8% of black men and 75.7% of black women developed hypertension by the age of 55 years. That's not old compared to our times we're in today. This compares with 54% of white men and 40% of white women. There is some differences here, so we need to stay on point. Let me also reference that researchers noted that these subjects were from a small study group living in Chicago, Birmingham, Oakland, California, and Minneapolis. So this need is to show that the rates do not represent all African-American people, but those who were living in the above cities. So they were also from a study. Again, keep in mind, I need you to take a look at the CARDIA study. CARDIA, C-A-R-D-I-A study. And we're going to talk more about this. But before we go further, let's just define what hypertension is. High blood pressure um, from the CDC defines it. And I quote again, blood pressure higher than normal, which is determined to be less than 120. That's the top number over 80. That's your bottom number. Again, less than 120 over 
80. That's normal blood pressure. So we need to look at what is causing high blood pressure. The top number is called the systolic, which measures the pressure in your arteries when your heart beats. The bottom number, known as the diastolic, which then measures the pressure in your arteries when your heart is at rest. And it's between the beats, between the beats. The higher, stay with me, the higher your pressure, the more at risk we become for health complications such as stroke, heart disease, heart attacks, and other chronic health conditions. We have to be on point with this. We have to be on top of this because it's crucial. Health partners, let's look at this. Um, so a pressure of 140 over 90 or higher or 130 over 80 puts us at what is termed hypertension, says the CDC. And the longer the numbers remain high, that's where we get into trouble. That's where the heart complications come from. The more at risk we become for those aforementioned health problems. Again, stroke. This is very important that we pay attention to. Just for a point of reference, we have to be detailed in our health. So I'm going to be talking about in the order to have better health outcomes for ourselves, our families, our communities. We have to be on point with this. That's how serious it is. The American College of Cardiology, and I, I just want to give you the ranges so that you will know when you go to your health care provider what your blood pressure should be. So, Again, the American College of Cardiology gives us normal blood pressure less than 120 over 80. And that's what we want to aim for. But go back to what that study said. At age 55, 57% of men had a higher rate of blood pressure. What is then elevated blood pressure? Sometimes you hear that. You go to your provider and they say your blood pressure is elevated. Well, that's between 120 and 129. That's your top number, and it's less than 80. So now your blood pressure is considered elevated when it's more than the 120, okay? So where do we get into the high blood pressure or hypertension? Well, that's where it's higher than 130 over 80. So we have to be cognizant of those numbers. You hear the whole um, health program, the health promotion, know your numbers. Your blood pressure is the number one number you need to know. You need to know your blood pressure, and that's what we're talking about today. But keep in mind, also know that cholesterol level as well. But we're going to stay focused with our hypertension, our blood pressure for this segment. What do we do with all of these numbers, health partners? Let's take another look at the study, and I encourage you to read it with me, okay? It's called The Slavery Hypothesis for Hypertension Among African Americans, The Historical Evidence. Again, this study is called The Slavery Hypothesis for Hypertension Among African Americans, The Historical Evidence. So 
this is going back to what we were talking about. How did we get here? The historical evidence due to the time I will share a few portions of the article by Dr. Philip Curtin from John Hopkins Department of History. And we want you to just keep in mind that these rates of high blood pressures and the differences were seen as early as the 1930s. So look at 1930s, okay? Keep in mind, slavery ended in the U.S. in 1863. The trade, there was a federal law to stop the slave trade. That was in 1808. So that's 63 years difference. Then as we celebrate Juneteenth, that was the end of slavery in the southern states. So that's 1865. That's 158 years. This puts your thoughts that we need to hmm, read another book out there because that trade didn't end. Read the book, The Cotillia, and we're going to talk more about that later. In the waters in Alabama, one of the worst slave trade states conditions horrendous but let's continue let me stay on point but get the book the Catilda and start reading that we want to continue right now and I want to share some portions of this article it's taken from the American Journal of Public Health Again, the slavery hypothesis for hypertension among African-Americans, the historical evidence. Let me just say, and I quote, and I'm just going to share certain portions of this, but I need you to read the whole article. The association between salt and hypertension has long been recognized as a possibility per the researchers. Early speculation suggests that a damaging loss of salt may have resulted from sweating in the African heat or from the physical ordeal of the ocean voyage imposed by the African Atlantic slave trade. More recent research suggested that blood pressure of some African Americans was more sensitive than that of European Americans to increase in dietary salt and that African-Americans retain an intravenous sodium load longer than European-Americans did. It was these observations that drew more medical researchers to the African past in search of possible clues to a genetic difference. So now this hypothesis takes form and is broken up into three parts, okay? So stay with me, health partners. The first hypothesis says, which concerns the ancestral experience in Africa. Remember we talked about the walk, where the Africans came from, all parts, walking hundreds and hundreds of miles, which concerns the ancestral experience in Africa, emphasizes the possible genetic consequences of a low salt diet over many centuries. In the second hypothesis, 
which concerns genetic changes caused by the trauma of the ocean passage from Africa to America during the slave trade, the case has been made that individuals who were losing salt from sweat, diarrhea, stools, and vomit were more likely to survive if they had already had an ability to conserve salt. This ability, which had survived value in the slave trade, would be passed on to their children and would later cause hypertension and death in the African-American community. So remember we talked about hmm, the conditions in which our ancestors were packed. There was a tight pack and a loose pack in the slave holes where our ancestors were put. Again, there was no air. The quality of them being close in proximity one to another, they were just held and shackled the whole time. Excrement, everything. This played a part on this theory of hypertension from the African slave trade. So for the third hypothesis, this concerns the genetic consequences of life under slavery. I talked and shared a little bit about the book. Uh, we're going to talk more about that and conditions that our ancestors lived in while they were on these plantations. The argument is less precise, but it holds that bad conditions, of course they were treated badly, harshly. They still were not given proper foods. We're going to talk about foods and that our ancestors had to survive on and what we're still eating today. And the cause of high death rates and hence genetic change among the survivors. So that's a lot that this article brings forth and it's just a hypothesis but it's something to really consider by 1991 the researchers um they were no longer writing together but they still continued to talk about and do research about the salt deficiency in west africa because they found out it did not exist but they did continue to write that at present there is not enough published information on salt intake to determine if the slave ship's operators provided adequate salt supplies to their captives. Hmm. We have no records of that, so that's why this is a hypothesis. But what these researchers are looking at is for us to do more research. And when our providers, that's what they're looking at, health care providers, to really look at hypertension in particular in people of color, African-Americans, to see that connection. Um, salt was cheap, and slavers were in business to deliver slaves alive to their American customers. Remember, we talked about that outcome. So I want you to stay with me and next time because we will continually about the causes of African-Americans here in America, medical racism, those are factors. We're going to talk about racism itself, and we're going to talk about lifestyle risk factors because we need to make sure that our health outcomes are better. Stay with us as we talk about the tentacles of racial and ethnic health disparities. How did we get here? 
How do we get out? Peace. This is Linda Smith in association with iMail Productions, inviting you to tune in next time to the tentacles of racial and ethnic health disparities. How did we get here? How do we get out? Thank you.